From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. As the final pages of the Royal Commission into Child Sexual Abuse have been unredacted, it's become clear what George Pell knew and when. But for all of the Commission's findings, no priest has ever been successfully pursued for failing to report child abuse. Today, writer for the monthly magazine and Man on what's possibly the last instalment in the George Pell saga. And a warning, this episode contains descriptions of abuse. And this story begins with one of Australia's most notorious pedophile priest, Gerald Ridsdale. Can you tell me about when his offending began? Uh, his offending began in Ballarat as early as 1961, uh, when he was first ordained. A prolific pedophile on a scale that makes him one of the worst perpetrators of church-led abuse Australia has ever seen. And he went on to sexually abuse children, uh, including the worst forms of abuse all over Victoria until at least 1988. The 83-year-old was a relentless predator throughout his time as a leader within the Catholic Church. Uh, Some of the places where he abused were Ballarat, Mildura, Swan Hill, Warrnambool, Apollo Bay, Inglewood, Edenhope, Mortlake, Horsham. He insisted his victims stay quiet and told one boy, don't tell your mum or dad or your dad could die. And he even abused children when he was under so-called treatment in the Melbourne suburb of Elstonwick and in Sydney and in Gemma Springs, New Mexico, when he was sent there. Can you tell me then about what, what Ridsdale has been convicted of? So far, he has been convicted uh, for abusing 69 children and 179 offences against them. As recently as May 14th of this year, he pleaded guilty to further sexual offences against children in the 1970s. Many of his victims sat bravely in court today as the frail prisoner admitted to dozens more attacks on young children. Um, And that extended his then sentence, which was a 33-year sentence. The judge gave him another 10 years, but that was um, some of them served concurrently. The county court judge has been brought to tears as the nature of the abuse at the hands of notorious pedophile priest Gerald Ridsdale was detailed. Here's court reporter Joel Green. Some of the offending, I think, I think people do understand this, but I think it's important to record just how serious the offending was. So to give you just one example of Ridsdale's behaviour, in Judge Mullally's judgment, he describes how Ridsdale took a 12-year-old boy to Apollo Bay in Victoria during the Christmas holidays of 1974. And he, in the course of that holiday, gave the boy uh, a lot of beer, more than four cans of beer, and made him very drunk. And then the boy woke up in his bed naked and he found... Ridsdale was raping him. And can you explain to me how how was Ridsdale able to commit these crimes for such a long time? Because we're talking about more than 30 years here without any repercussions. The key reason is that Bishop Ronald Mulkerns of the Ballarat Diocese found ways of simply sending Ridsdale on to new parishes, not doing anything about it or sending him off for inverted commas treatment. 
but he was also helped by the inaction of the advisory body that he would tell about moves of all priests called the College of Consultors. So Cardinal Pell was a member of the College of Consultors in 1982 when they had to move Ridsdale suddenly from uh, Mortlake. And in Mortlake, Ridsdale himself later admitted he'd been just completely out of control and had abused large numbers of children. So his offending was blatant and he uh, had to be moved out of Mortlake after various complaints. So Bishop Mulkerns would have discussed under the euphemism of uh, staffing why Gerard Reedsdale was having to be moved so many times and it would have raised or should have raised a red flag. And so what do we know about what the College of Consultors was told about Reedsdale? Uh, Well, Cardinal Pell had denied to the Royal Commission that the College of Consultants was ever told of the real reason that Ridsdale had moved and that Mulkerns uh, deceived him, along with various other people, deceived him. But the Royal Commission did not accept that George Pell or any of the College of Consultants didn't know all that wasn't discussed. The Royal Commission, we should just um, say here, that after Cardinal Pell was acquitted by the High Court of uh, sexually abusing a choir boy, then it became possible for the Royal Commission to release its unredacted findings so we could actually see what they had concluded through their careful evaluation of the evidence and cross-examining Cardinal Pell and cross-examining Bishop Mulkerns. Uh, even Reed Star was uh, cross-examined. You know, many, many people were drawn into the Royal Commission to give evidence. And what exactly was revealed when those findings were unredacted? The Royal Commission, after carefully evaluating the evidence, they concluded that this was implausible. Some explosive findings from the unredacted report into uh, child abuse from the Royal Commission this morning. Uh, The Child Abuse Royal Commission has delivered damning proof. George Pell turned a blind eye to pedophile priests. Abuse They concluded that this idea that... um, no one spoke about it or no one knew about it at the College of Consultants was incorrect. Uh, It's likely Cardinal George Pell knew of child abuse within the Catholic Church as early as 1973, specifically that he knew uh, about the child abuse that Gerald Ridsdale was committing at the time. Of course, Ridsdale is now in prison. uh... Um, I can read you actually the passage where the Commission found, and I'm quoting, Bishop Mulkerns did not deceive his consultors. Cardinal Pell's evidence that, quote, paedophilia was not mentioned, unquote, and that the true reason was not given is not accepted. Bishop Mulkerns told the consultants that it was necessary to move Ridsdale because of complaints that he had sexually abused children. So the Royal Commission found that a contrary position is not tenable. And the Commission gives a really devastating indictment of the catastrophic failure on the part of senior clergy in the Ballarat Diocese, including Pell, over decades to respond effectively to sexual abuse of children by Rizdal and, and certainly others. We'll be back in a moment. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. 
Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. And the Royal Commission found that George Pell knew of the offending of one Catholic priest, Jared Ridsdale. Did it find that there were also other offenders that Pell was aware of? Yes, there were. There were a number, actually. He knew of uh, Father Fitzgerald, brother Edward Dowling, Father Wilfred Baker, Father Nazarino Faciali, just some of the cases. And uh, one of the cases I deal with at length is Father Peter Searson. Can you tell me about Father Searson? Father Peter Searson was a really uh, dangerously disturbed individual, a very strange uh, person. When he moved to Dufton Parish from Sunbury, he did all manner of horrible things with children. I'll just get list some of them. He got children to put their head between his knees while they were giving confession. He also lurked around the boys' toilet at the local Catholic school. He killed a cat in front of the children by grabbing by the tail and hurling it over a fence. He pointed a gun at children and he held a knife to a child's chest, saying, this will go right through you. And he dragged children to look at a dead body in a coffin. So this is a seriously disordered person who shouldn't be anywhere near uh, children. And so George Pell knew about what Searson was doing? Well, he was uh, presented with delegation of teachers about Searson and he complained that the information they gave him was non-specific. Um, and he also blamed not doing anything about Searson until much later on the Catholic Education Office keeping the true story from him. Can you give us any reason why the Education Office would choose to deceive you in relation to Searson's behaviour? Yes, I was a new boy on the block. Um, I was known to be capable of being uh, uh, outspoken. Um, uh, They uh, might have been fearful of uh, uh, just what line I, I would take And the Royal Commissioners, and there's quite a heated exchange with the Chair of the Commission, Peter McClellan, at this point. Well, if you weren't told, are you telling me they deceived you? Um, Yes. And they essentially said, you know, why on earth would they keep this evidence from you when they actually had gone to the Archbishop and made complaints about it? So the conclusion was that it was implausible, that it was not the case that he was deceived about it, and in fact he knew. Cardinal, I have to suggest to you that your evidence in relation to not being briefed properly or adequately by the Catholic Education Office and the reasons for that are completely implausible. Um, Council, I can only tell you the truth. And he did admit that he, quote, could have been more pushy. So he made that small concession. And what has George Pell's response been to these findings now that they've been made public? Well, he said that 
they were surprising. The Cardinal has made it very clear that he believes the Royal Commission has got it wrong. His media team... That he was surprised at the... Um, Commission's findings and he said that they weren't based in evidence. Cardinal Powell said he was surprised by some of the views of the Royal Commission about his actions. These views are not supported by evidence. But lawyers were complaining... And I find that extraordinary because there are three volumes really which concern Pell and his behaviour and all the things he could have done and should have done. There's the volume about Ballarat there's the volume about the Melbourne Diocese and there's the final report. And the Royal Commission went for four years and it exposed countless abuses within the church as well as in other organisations. Many pedophiles have been charged as a result of the evidence that it gathered. But what about the people who failed to report abuse? Well, that's been, I think, one of the disappointing aspects of the outcome of the Royal Commission nothing much seems to have happened. There seems to be a gap between what the Commission achieved in other ways, which was to enormously raise our awareness of child sexual abuse. There are lots of prosecutions which emerged out of uh, the Royal Commission to do with crimes against children. But the actual crime of concealment hasn't really got anywhere. There was one case brought against Archbishop Wilson in New South Wales by a particularly determined police officer, and it was um, for the historic crime of concealing child sexual abuse. But that was overturned on appeal. So as yet, even though the Royal Commission clearly found time and time and time again across many institutions, certainly not just the Catholic Church, uh, the crime of concealing evidence... Uh, nothing much has happened and there hasn't been any penalty for perjury. And I have to say I'm very puzzled by it and disappointed in that. If people don't tell under under oath the truth, if people mislead by giving documentary evidence that's false, if people, when they're subpoenaed to give evidence in a truthful manner, don't do so, then there surely has to be a repercussion. Mm -hmm. And not talking about George Pell here, but more broadly, why do you think it is that the crime of perjury has been pursued in other royal commissions, but not in this royal commission? I'm honestly not sure. But I'm concerned that there's something about still the status of clerics where somehow they get away with things that... um, Ordinary citizens don't. Uh, There's something about high-status individuals which, despite the fact that the Royal Commission did an extremely good job in not dissembling or kowtowing or submitting to bishops, nonetheless, nothing long-term has happened. And the reason I make this point about, you know, why hasn't there been further action is that you, you really don't have the possibility of pedophiles doing the damage they do unless you have these essentially protection rackets. So there's a a real um, problem with not pursuing as far as possible where someone doesn't give evidence that is believable to a Royal Commission. There has to be consequences for that. And thank you so much for your time today. Okay, thanks.
For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also in the news, some coronavirus restrictions in Victoria are being reimposed and plans to open pubs, restaurants and other venues to more people have been postponed. From today, five visitors are now allowed inside homes and outdoor gatherings are limited to 10 people again. Victoria's state of emergency has also been extended for another four weeks. The Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, said the steps were necessary after the number of cases of coronavirus rose by 25 in a day. The government said on Sunday that police would enforce fines in places that are considered hotspots. In response, a number of states are now reconsidering plans to reopen internal borders. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.